welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. The baby boomers feel they are being left behind in society with technology and all the social changes. College graduates are completely stressed out over student loan debt and job opportunities. Blacks feel the burden of racism and white privilege are holding them back. Poor and working class white folk, barely surviving, say they would like to get a little bit of that white privilege. Thank you very much. Many women are frustrated with the glass ceiling and unequal wages. There's fear of COVID. Trump supporters fear the beginning of socialism. Liberals fear the nationalistic wave of MAGA will destroy the country. I could go on and on and on and on. Aided, of course, always with the paranoia of the news media every day. Heck, the bump music for every cable news channel should be R.E.M.'s famous song from the 90s. It's the end of the world as we know it. Anger, hate, resentment. Anxiety, fear, it seems there is no end. But what if I told you none of it mattered? None of the external craziness in society and culture mattered in living your life to your best self. You probably would not believe me outright, but in this podcast, I want to talk about a very, very simple concept. Your mind is the key to your happiness. I know It's too simplistic. It's too insensitive for the world we live in today. But just hear me out for a moment. This concept actually dates all the way back to Stoicism, espoused by the Greeks to some extent, but especially the Romans. Yet a week ago, I was listening to Dr. Charles Stanley's sermon, and it was probably a sermon he delivered eight to ten years ago, and it really caught my attention. Not just for the value to Christians and living a Christian life, but how the concept of the power of the mind cuts to the core of life itself beyond religion. And it's really the inspiration for this particular podcast. I want you to really get this part. For the Iowan or the farmer listening from where, from anywhere really, they'll get this analogy perfectly. And here it is. Listen carefully. When you cultivate a thought, you reap an action. When you cultivate a series of actions, you will reap a habit. When you cultivate a series of habits, you reap your character. How you cultivate your character will reap your destiny. That's powerful stuff. In the spring, you know, a farmer, he plants seeds. They, God willing, may grow through the summer. And then in the fall... They harvest them and and they reap the fruits of all the labor that it took up to that point. Notice the kicker in all of this, though, when we look at the mind. Where does it where, where does it all start? Where does your destiny and life originate? It originates with your thoughts. Let me say that again. Your ultimate destiny in life, how happy, how content, how successful, how kind, how giving, how loving, how physically fit how business savvy, it's all, everything. It originates in your mind. It isn't your skin color. It isn't your sex. It isn't your parents. It isn't the state or neighborhood you grew up. It isn't your height. It isn't your boss or the government. 
Geez, for sure. Lord, help us all if the government or the president is the determining factor in our life's destiny. Everything always starts in the mind. So there's good and bad news in all this, actually. I'll give you the good news first. You are 100% in control. That means you could change it any time you want to. You, every day, all day, determine how you face every little minute thing you face. And you are responsible for it. So you can change it. Then, of course, the bad news. Which most of you already know where I'm going to go with this. The bad news is that you are 100% responsible. The sucky thing about being responsible for everything is the answer to all of your own life's problems. They're very close to you and basically all you have to do is look in the mirror or maybe pull out your own driver's license to find the culprit to your crappy situation right now. Let me go a little Greek on you. Ancient Greek. And I want to look back to around the 4th to 5th century BC and Plato. Plato is actually a towering philosopher who's probably best known for being the right-hand man to Socrates. And in his book, The Republic, which is one of the most incredible books ever written and I believe should be required reading of every single human being in the planet before they die, uh, he wrote about four virtues to a life lived well. Notice he didn't say happy. I always challenge my college students when we study philosophy and I ask them what they believe is the meaning of life. Once we get past the, um, uh, never thought about it, have no idea. The second most frequent answer is, I get is this, I just want to be happy. What does that mean anyway? What is happy? Is it being rich? Is it partying every night? Is it sex, drugs, and rock and roll? Or, well, maybe not rock and roll anymore here in Tampa. Maybe it's uh, hip-hop and reggaeton. Anyway, you get the point. Or maybe it's a new car, which eventually, of course, isn't new and needs replaced again. What is happy? It's just too vague to be valuable. You can't live your life searching out happiness. So I find it fascinating that Plato, instead of using a word like happiness... He said the four pillars to living life well, as the word well aligns more with proficiently, skillfully, fluently. Happy's way too vague. Living well is more refined and it's specific. But anyway, he also didn't say to live wealthy or with power either. But he was speaking of navigating life in a way and a manner that leads to a deeper profound and meaningful life. This seems to be an amazing and great goal no matter who you are, no matter what your religion is or wherever you're from. When we go a bit deeper, most would surely prefer living well than the superficial, ever-changing happy. We all know at different times in our lives, different things made us happy or so we thought would make us happy or a relationship that we thought would make us happy forever, but ultimately it didn't. Happy changes. It changes on a whim. It changes on circumstances. It changes as we get older and our perspectives change. But the four pillars of living well, they don't change. They persist. They stay the same literally for the entirety of life for every human being on the planet. That's incredible. So these four virtue, virtues of living well, according to Plato, they actually are the natural and true state of every human being. At the core, 
this is who you are, these four pillars, according to Plato and his philosophy. And you and I and your neighbor and everyone has these pillars embedded within to live out a meaningful life. But our thoughts, which reap our actions, which turn into our habits, then become our character and ultimately lead us to our destiny, these thoughts often separate us from our potential because we don't keep our mind right. We don't keep our thoughts right, and thus we fail to fulfill our true potential. So let's talk about the four pillars of living well. Here they are. They are to be courageous, temperate, just, and wise. These are the root of the root of yourself. And anytime we settle for less, we settle for something less than a full and meaningful life that you were meant to live. So let's analyze all four of these pillars separately. So I ask you, are you living with courage? Before you move towards an action, is your mind set that you will have resolve to do the right thing when you wake up in the morning? There are certain things when I wake up in the morning that I have to resolve to get done or also known as I have to have the courage to get done no matter what yes I'm originally from Iowa but I am now about as Floridian as they come anymore and I notice this the more winters I go through down here I find myself putting on a winter coat when the temperature dips to the 40s or 50s I used to make fun of Floridians who did that and if it's below 60 Just like most Floridians, I call that a cold front. It was real hard to get up and go to the gym today. It was very, very hard. It was like 48, almost 49 degrees. It took my resolve. My thoughts, though, had me resolve to complete the action. So I went. Yes, I know this is not William Wallace and Braveheart type courage, but in our own lives daily, showing the resolve or the courage to do the little things like going to the gym, they shape my habits, which form my character. You don't have to resolve to just the big stuff, to storming the beaches to have courage, although those are amazing and we celebrate those individuals in our culture all the time. But in your mind, in your day, today, standing up for right things, not doing what the status quo expects you to do, or the high school student standing up to a bully, courage, it comes on so many levels and presents itself in so many ways every day. One serious trap that we have as humans is to think one little thought or action, it doesn't matter. Oh, I just missed one workout because it was colder. Oh, I was just gossiping this one time. Oh, I just take a little bit of money from the company. Or, oh, they won't miss it if I take one ream of printer paper. Remember, each thought leads to an action. And as insignificant a single action can be, can appear on the surface, it lead, it can lead to a habit, which ultimately forms character. So be very careful of the trap. Well, that little thought, that, that doesn't mean anything. Or that little action there, me skipping this workout here, or me just being quiet when they're making fun of this other person, uh, It matters. It all matters. Every one of them matter. 
because every one of them shaped character. Is your mind resolved in the morning to act with courage, to be kind, to eat the right food, to go to the gym workout, to complete X, Y, or Z project, to not gossip with a group of people that it seems inane but actually is not good, to spend more time with your kids. See, courage cannot become a reality unless you're resolved in your mind with your thoughts to get it done. Most of us daily don't have to worry about putting our lives on the line. Not that kind of courage, but when necessary, do you have the courage to get done, say what needs to be said, regardless of the consequence that supports the proper ethics and morality of your life. When you do this, you are living with courage and you're living to your true self. The second pillar of a life lived well is to be temperate. Now, temperate is nothing more than a fancy word for being level-headed, for being agreeable, for being pleasant, for being restrained. In other words, acting the opposite of politicians and cable news personalities. Isn't it oh so nice to be around people who fly off the handle in anger or rant or rave constantly? Some people have a character of ranting on the same thing every day all the time. Everything somehow in some way can turn into a political statement. Or others, they're very multi-skilled ranters and have the ability to go off on pretty much any topic or sadly anybody who gets under their skin at any time. If we want to live a life, a deep life, filled with joy and hope and friendship filled, we need to, we need to at that thought level, chop out those negative thoughts, transform them. Maybe that just starts with listening more and speaking less. That's a great way to become temperate. And, it's a, and, and we maybe need to stay there until we learn it. If you're like me, my mouth gets, in, gets away from me far too often. I need to challenge myself and you need to challenge yourself at the thought level to be more temperate. And it will impact your actions, habits, and your character. Plato's third pillar is to be just. From the perspective of Plato, this is the active desire to see things restored to the true good, I guess we could call it, first in ourselves and then in all we meet, regardless of their treatment or opinion of us. See, even when, that's always the hardest part, when people are treating us bad, but yet, but yet we have that capacity to turn away from it and to continue to try and focus our energies into positivity. The focus first to make this happen needs to be to get our own mind right. We, we spend way too much time judging other people, critiquing others, gossiping about others. You nor I can, can ever live a life to our true potential if we're wound up in this twisted concept that somehow you or I have the right to act as the judge and the jury. Instead, with our thoughts, we need to wake up daily not with a heart of condemnation or one of superiority, but rather to wake up focused on looking inside the self and focus cleaning up our own house first. When I do this and when you do this day in and day out, we begin to be more just because our thoughts are focused more on our own issues and we become more open-minded and tolerant of other people. Finally, Plato's fourth pillar of wisdom, 
Wisdom is seeing what is truly good and beautiful, what is what is worth doing in life and what is not worth doing. We're not going to become knowledgeable. We're not going to become intelligent with sophisticated reasoning skills if we don't feed the mind properly. We are feeding our minds, our, I, I guess better, are we feeding our minds to foster wisdom? Cable TV, Netflix binges, video games, what is going on, what is going into our minds that is developing our thoughts every day? Are they positive or are they negative? Are we feeding things into our brain that are going to help us reach our best selves? Or are we feeding our brain social media garbage, angry stuff, nasty language, anxiety, stress? If we want to be wise and if we want to develop wise thoughts, we must feed our brains with positive dialogue with friends, fam positive dialogue with family, positive books, inspiring books, TV, music, and the more stuff, the more good stuff, the more positive things in our brain, and the more we limit the nasty ugliness of society and culture, whether it's TV, news, or social media, the better off and the wiser we are going to become. We will go where our thoughts take us. So if we are honest right now, project 10 years forward, where will your thought take you? I know for me, I have a lot of work to do. Are your thoughts positive, inspiring, working towards being better today than yesterday? If not, don't look at the at who the president is. It's not their fault and they won't save you if you think they will. Don't look at your parents' A pathetic gene pool or average gene pool. Don't look at your skin color or the neighborhood you were raised in or the neighborhood you're in or your sex. Look inside. Look deep inside. Don't forget where we started this podcast. When you cultivate a thought, you will reap an action. When you cultivate a series of actions, they are going to turn into a habit or you're going to reap a habit. And then those habits, after you've got a series of them, that is going to become your character. And how your character becomes is going to reap where you end up at the end of life. When you're on your deathbed, all the thing is you look back, your character is going to shape your destiny. I challenge you and I'm challenging myself. Self-monitor your thoughts. It all starts with the thoughts. Before those thoughts and before they come spewing forth in words or actions, ask yourself, do they lend themselves to living a life that is filled with peace, contentment, joy, success, passion, or are those thoughts leading you towards a life of meager just getting by spewing anger, gossipy, discontent, and self-centeredness as those thoughts will lead to actions over time and they're going to form very bad habits, both physical and health-wise as well as mental. And then someday down the road, your character becomes defined by those habits. If you've had a bad habit of eating poorly for years and years, it can manifest itself in the form of obesity or mentally maybe it's just going to manifest itself in intense levels of anxiety, stress, or anger that leads to other health problems. And finally, those character defects, they alter 
or they create your destiny. Again, whether it's a health issue or a mental, professional, or whatever shortfall, people sell themselves short of their true potential. And how did it start? It started at the smallest, most minute level. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Get control of your thoughts and it will change everything thereafter. I hope now at the end of this podcast you see how you can control this and how I can do it in my own life. If only we understand this very simple truth that how the mind goes and our thoughts go is how our lives are going to go. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. It is an incredibly empowering and exciting to know that your life is truly in your own hands. How your mind goes is how your life will go. This is a truth and when we take it to heart, it can alter the trajectory of your life. Remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, so if you click like or follow, you'll be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.